0: spotlight with sarah hendy brought to you by the isle of man arts council
1: faster my it's sarah hendy here with you until half past six this evening on today's program we're joined by poetry writer and performer jackie moray grace who has gone international with her work and writer and critic olivia lang shares a book a painting and a song for when you're feeling lonely Jackie Morrie-Grace has been sharing her poetry with Passersby in London recently and she joins us now.
0: Jackie, it's so brave of you to put yourself out there. How did it go? It went really well, Sarah. Um, actually, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of honing my performance skills recently and I've been honing my busking skills, which is a really interesting field of study, to be honest, because it's all about learning how to um, gauge the audience. So, you know, I did a little bit for Dreamcatcher, actually, in... um. In Strand Street recently, and I felt somebody came up to me afterwards, one of my friends, and she said, "Oh, it was amazing, Jackie, but possibly a bit too much for Strand Street, you know." And I, you know, which was, you know, it's fair enough. You've got to learn to hone back. So I moved along the street a little bit, and I kind of mellowed out a bit more. But somebody else came up to me, the guy who was running it, and he said, "You've got to get yourself down to London." And I thought, "Well, I really want to actually." So I had been to London. I'd been busking, poetry busking, in London before, um, in some of the Christmas markets where I dressed up uh, as Father Christmas and also well as a female Father Christmas and also the next day because I was there for two days I did it as the poet of Christmas past and that went down really well but again it was all about learning on the job you know the first day I went um, properly busking so it was kind of asking for money and the crowds didn't like that so the next day I thought I've got to hone this and do it differently so I thought I won't ask for any money I don't really need to so i just dressed up and i had like um i had a staff which like the the top of it turned into like a telescope so you know that was really good and i ended up with all queues of kids coming up and i you know and i was penny the poet of christmas past and i just had all these uh, christmas poems and it was just added a little element of interest to the christmas market so that was really good fun i've done that three times now um And I just wanted to take myself further into London just to see if I could do it, you know, because it's all about pushing yourself as an artist. Um, Learn, like I say, to gauge your audience. And I really wanted to see if I could do it in somewhere where I could be maybe a bit more dynamic, where it would be more accepted and see how it went down. And it did go down well. There weren't, I didn't choose a spot that had masses of people, but it had a constant flow of people. I had some people stop and watch for a while. Um, Where I was was um, quite near a, a, a a site where um, somebody was giving tours and on the second tour around they all stopped and they watched me which was really good and uh, somebody else who worked at that venue also came out and had his lunch and watched me so that that's that kind of thing was really positive um I didn't use the amp in the end I just used my voice which was also interesting because I'm I'm practicing projecting my voice at the moment so That was nice. and That was quite freeing. I enjoyed doing that. And I was able to be uh, as dramatic as I wanted to be without, you know, without feeling like it was too much of people. I did gauge it, you know, but um, it was fun and and I felt like it, it was a really positive experience
1: you can kind of get away with anything in london can't you like you know we are at the end of the day the population of the isle of man is really sort of a a middle-sized town to the uk so yeah it must have been so liberating and how have you been how have you been working on that projection because
0: to to perform and sustain the the strength of your voice as well it's a big ask it's a really big ask it's a huge ask and it's something which I'd never considered when I first started doing performance poetry because I started three years ago this month writing poetry and performing it just came out of the blue, came out of the blue overnight and uh, I started to do it and yeah so recently I started doing a bit of rap right which you might know and so with my lovely friend Hanifex and Geordie N.C. And, and they were saying come on Jackie write poetry write a little bit for us so I started doing that And I found I didn't have the projection. And I was like, how can I not have the projection? This is, you know, uh, anyway. So they've been turning up whatever. I don't know what they have, like the little board that they play with. They turn it up when it's my go. So first of all, I started to kind of, that, that made me aware so that's made me aware that I don't project very well we then had the gig with Penny Productions at the amphitheatre and again I, I used a microphone because I had a lot of words and I I know my voice a certain pitch as well so I did use a mic but I thought it'd be great to use it because you have the whole I didn't realize this until we got to the amphitheatre right but you have um where you stand in it it's designed I know I should have known that right but I didn't know it was designed to actually project the voice and people t- to sit on the tiered seating so it you know, anyway, after that, I, I thought I'm going to work on it. So you know, literally last week I had a singing lesson, but I had been working a little bit on it with um, Dave Holland. Uh, accidentally, it was my son's singing lesson, I gate crashed. And he really kind of, um, he, he was amazing. And I really felt like after oh, I'm starting to get an idea because I'm a trombonist, obviously, right? I'm not obviously, but I am a trombonist. And um, I've always felt like it's a different kind of diaphragmic use for your voice but actually it wasn't too different. So it's been quite interesting. That lesson was very interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah. Also just performing in general, to be honest, you, especially when using a microphone, you end up being a bit freer with how you express yourself anyway. You
1: said that you're able to be a lot freer. What kind of, what kind of material did you use when you were in
0: London? Uh, Oh, um, well, yes, I did. Okay. So I won the uh, Manx First Poetry Slam in 2017 with my poem "Tartar tar, Taboo," and after that, um, because I'd written a series of poems about a raven, right? Because uh, I was doing a lot of walking around Ravensdale Glen at the time when I did it, and I was recovering from uh, from a serious illness as well. But because I'd written a whole series of poems, I managed to string them all together into a long—I think it's about 18 minute long epic. So I did that. That that culminates in the Tartar taboo you see, which is a battle between a raven and the phoenix, and then there's an epilogue at the end, and it's it's quite it's quite a powerful piece. So, I I did do that, um, and I also did a couple of kind of slammy three minute length ones, um, and I did a, a few of my favourites as well, which are shorter ones. I have a few page poetry pieces, so I did a few shorter ones. Yeah, that was about it really. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you get stage fright at all? How did it feel to be there in front of,
0: you know, an unknown audience? This is interesting. So when I first started doing poetry, I didn't get any stage fright at all. In fact, I had an urge to do it. I wanted to get up there and do it. And recently, about this time last year, I started to develop a bit of stage fright and I was really annoyed about it, you know. Uh, And leading up to it, it was one of the reasons I wanted to do the busking. I always believe that if you... You want to do something you can't let your fears hold you back, right? And if they're holding you back, you've got to look them in the eye and say, sorry, not having any of this. So I don't mind putting myself in situations that stretch me to challenge myself. Um, And that was one of the reasons, actually, it was was the main reason I really wanted to do it this time down when I was in London. Um, All the way down, yes, I felt nervous, really, really nervous. And when I got there, I looked at the spot I was going to do it in, and I saw it as a stage. And the minute I felt it was a stage, I was completely comfortable I, you know I just was completely because I'm quite used to performing and I'm quite used to the stage now and I enjoy it so the minute I felt like I had my little stage and I knew where I was I was absolutely fine when some people stopped to actually watch me I had a little moment of thinking yeah I better not forget my words now (laughs) that'll not look so good but I held it again I'm rehearsed enough you know I've done it enough now and I'm well practiced enough and I've done Dark Horse and I've done epics and you know I did a 25 minute long epic up at the amphitheater uh, you know, your muscle memory kind of can pull you through when you have those little glitchy moments. And you also know you have to give yourself that feeling that if it goes a bit wrong and you forget something, so what? You just stop and start again. You you have to give yourself that leeway, I think. And then it, it means that you're okay.
1: Speaking of 25-minute epics, how on earth do you go about starting to memorize something like that?
0: Uh, oh, do you know, right? It's a really funny thing. You know, everybody learns in a different way. So my friend in Hanifex Will, um, he, can, he seems to memorise people's lyrics by listening to them. And like, you know, my other bandmates can be saying the lyrics and I can't, I can't interpret it. I can't even make out the words sometimes, but he, he just suddenly is saying them. And I'm thinking, how did he do that? But for me, when I look at a sheet of, of um, writing... It goes into my brain really quite... So if I'm writing a poem, for example, I'll write it. And I, when I, my editing process is going back to the beginning, starting again. So as I'm writing it, I will write, get to a certain point, and I'll stop and I'll go back to the beginning, write the next time, back to the beginning, that's how I do it. And then I'll be walking around the next day and I'll start to think of it and I'll suddenly realise a whole lot's in my head. And I, I can't... It, it was no bother learning um, the one that I did for the amphitheatre. It just... Again, that, that was based around another poem. It was based around um, a, a poem about a friend of mine, you know, and it, it's, I, I can't describe it. It just, I look at it a few times. Sometimes there are passages that I find tricky, and but it's more because it's tricky to go inside my mouth. And the other thing is, it's definitely a learn device. For me, I'm a very, um, what is is it, kinesiological learner. And I feel things and it's all about the sensation inside my mouth. So I find which I'm sure is must it must be the same as singers and things, that I remember it by that. Interesting fact is that when I did a penny production, the murder mystery we did for without wings, um, in October, so I wrote like um it wasn't a song, it was a poem, but it was done to a rhythm and I did it with a Penny Orchestra and I memorised that. I, I swear I memorised it the first time I did it, and it was twelve verses, because I did it to a beat. And that really, really helped. My, generally, my poetry doesn't quite fit to a beat, but that was a real, you know, that was a real learning curve for me, how much easier it was then. So I don't know, it's just, it's a skill I've had. I've had it since I was a kid. Um, when I was 11, I learned, who is it? it was, what's his name? Um, Roald Dars Revolting Rhymes, yeah? I le- Just one day, when I was 11, I realised that I knew the whole of the Cinderella one. I can't remember how many pages. And I thought, I know the whole poem now. So I said to my mates, <clears> hmm, <throat> let's do it as a production. So I got all my friends to dress up and I narrated the whole thing. We charge people 20p to come and watch us in the school hall at Park Road. And so I don't know, it's just been a particular skill. Don't know why. Lots of things I can't do, but I can do that. <laughs>
1: it's wonderful to know that you're taking your work further afield and you're sharing your work um, in the UK and with new audiences. Is there anything here on the Isle of Man that we can look forward to anytime soon?
0: Uh, well not at the moment but there will be right there will be because we've got penny productions uh but both kim and i are actually writing novels well i'm writing a novel and she's writing an amazing book it's a it's a historical book actually about the graveyard in belua i think i can probably say that have you heard of it i heard her
1: do a poem that she'd written which Did you? I, it sounds like perhaps it was sort of the start part of the beginning of the process,
0: maybe. Right. And her her writing is phenomenal. It just blows me away every single time. But she's focused on that and I'm focused on my novel. But I bumped into her last night at the supermarket and we've agreed to sit down at the end of February and put some plans in action. So we're going to do that. I'm sure there'll be another murder mystery at the end of the year with Penny Productions. We're going to have a few things. There's definitely going to be a pop up of Ravensdale Hill because I've not done that as a pop up yet and um i have a location in mind where to do it so i'm looking forward to that but it's ju- it's just getting people you know pinning people down to do things and so many projects it's so easy to get you know i'm doing the novel and i want to do a bit more rap with my, you know my friends and um and I, I've kind. I'm trying to tie up the poetry at the moment. So I'm recording. I've been recording today at um, with Jip again down at Balagoo Studios. I'm trying to tie up what I've done and consolidate my work. Um Yeah, but there's a, I, so that's what I, I'm doing at the moment is consolidating work and making sure I've got enough stuff so I can just get up and perform at various things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got some good. um Well, I have got some little video pop-ups coming up soon that should be interesting. And people check out my Instagram, which is at Jackie's Wicked Rhymes, which are um, a collaborative work with some people I've met on Instagram.
1: Gosh, that's a lot to look forward to. And you said, Oh, I'm not sure, not really. I thought, <laughs> oh heck, um, you know, <laughs> put you on the spot there. But no, that's a lot to look forward to. I mean, a novel, nah, it's no, you know, no mean feat, you know, just casually working on a novel. But these Instagram videos, because that's something else I was gonna ask you about. Because as creatives, if we're gonna promote our work, if we're gonna get the word out about what we're doing we have to become masters of so many trades and social media is just one aspect mm-hmm. of that what we how were you using instagram and and how are you going to use instagram in this uh, this collaborative project
0: okay so i've only started getting really into instagram the last couple of months and uh, i I had it before and it was just like you know little snapshots of everything but i'm doing it seriously now because i've got such a huge body of work i know i've had some very good feedback so i'm really focusing on it if people look at my instagram at the moment i'm putting on videos of the whole of unravensdale hill in little short sections um so this project i'm hoping it's going to come off i need a pair of size six waders but I don't want to say any more about it than that right because it's a really it's a really, to me it's a really one of the things with Penny Productions I want to take Penny Productions take poetry into interesting places and I've been a little bit so this is just the clue I'm going to put out there I've been thinking about where could I find interesting venues so I happened to just stumble across some very interesting people on Instagram explore all man who um have some very very interesting venues so I've messaged them and we've set a date
1: Well, we can't wait to hear more about that. Keep us in the loop, won't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, If people do want to follow you on Instagram, where do we find you? What's your handle?
0: So it's at Jackie's Wicked Rhymes, and it's J-A-C-K-I-E-S. Silence, old raven. I'll hear no more of your throbbing dark wings of your tatabuco. And I'll stroke your curious head as it cocks to one side. Nor tap your tip-tappity claw, nor steal a peek inside your hypnotic-hued eyes. Be shushed, sweet raven. Your words are but empty shells on the shingle. You have no pearls of wisdom to goad my temptation or to test my good reason. Keep your beak for the rats. You're too weak for large prey. You're raven. Farewell and good day. Steady there, raven. You weather the storms and you circle the skies. But well, let it be known, if you must feast on feast stolen, then I, for one, will not be your carrion. Being as I am, a feast that is also forbidden. Pray silence, my raven, your ta-ta-boo's deafening. You're boring me, raven, it swoops on my back. Cause boo ta boo boo in my ear and spits. It's hackety-hackety-hackety-cack on my cheek. Oh, shoo, raven, shoo. I will scavenge your tongue, I'll let it be known to each and all and everyone who might lend an ear to the cat squaw of your song that it's a lie of temptation from the unkindness of the raven, you trickster, my raven, but no croak will lay me down on heath soft as butter. Nor open me up like the yielding egg that you greedily pecked To the chips on the tip of your muncher's beak And no more is less than notch sh- oh, On your wing and the saliva that meanders down A tataboo chin, yes, tataboo raven Tataboo core, your talons are fierce But you're the hunter no more I'm tataboo raven, your sharp mouth is mine A moment of thrill in my tataboo, tataboo valleys of time Tataboo raven, be beat to my drum. I will feed till I split. Recitation, I will gorge myself drunk. Tataboo raven, ta ta taboo. Such a sweet feast and so forbidden. Let me gobble up you.
2: Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.
1: And that was the recording of Tataboo, fresh from Jip Begin's Ballagrove Studios. Not long ago, I heard a lovely piece on BBC Radio 4's Front Row where author of The Lonely City, Olivia Lang, was discussing loneliness. Winter can be a really isolating time of year
2: and I thought it might be nice to share what she had to say on the subject with you all. It's very shameful to be lonely, to feel like you don't have enough companionship, especially in the sort of 21st century hyper-connected world. And yet there's something about solitude, there's something about the longing for more, more closeness, more intimacy that can be incredibly um, creatively inspiring. It can make you want to make art. It can make you want to make something that speaks to other people and that says something about what is locked inside you. Well, you're going to share with us three of your favourite works of art on the subject. So what's your first one? The first one is the classic. You can't talk about loneliness without talking about Edward Hopper. He really is the poet of urban alienation. And the all his paintings I love, but the one that I'm most drawn to is Nighthawks, which he painted in 1942, as America was being bombed, as Pearl Harbour happened. Um, and he... he, And describe it, because it's 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 you're looking from the outside into this diner. You're looking from the outside into this cafe. It's almost like an aquarium. It's got this sort of noxious green light. It's absolutely this electric uneasiness, and there are people inside it, but they're not talking to each other. So initially you have the sense of the people inside are the people experiencing loneliness. They can't communicate, they can't reach out. And that's the sort of cliche of urban alienation. But as you look at it for longer, you start to realize that what's really happening is it's replicating for you the experience of loneliness. You're the person behind glass looking in at this lit-up scene. You're the one in the dark. You're the one in the cold. So it has this wonderfully sort of eerie way that it can make you feel what it's like, to feel the state that we avoid so much. Your second pick is a song. Tell me a bit about it and then let's have a listen. Oh, well, the song is a very beautiful one. It's by Dennis Wilson, who is in The Beach Boys. It's called Thoughts of You. And it has this wonderful line, which really inspired me when I started to write The Lonely City. It's Loneliness is a very special place. And when I began to be lonely when I was living in New York, now about seven years ago, that line just went round and round in my head. What could he possibly mean? Loneliness is painful, it's embarrassing. In what way could it be special? And yet there's so much that's special about it. There's so much about it that's a way that you can learn, a space that you can find out things about yourself and about other people. Let's have a listen. The sunshine blinded me this morning love like the sun shine love comes and goes again i love you i love you thoughts of you by dennis wilson your third pick is a book what is it the book is Close to the Knives by the American artist and AIDS activist David Wannarovich. And he's really the central figure in The Lonely City. He was he was a character that I was drawn to immensely. And he's the person who made me realise that loneliness isn't just personal. It isn't just something that happens because somebody's a loser, because somebody isn't attractive. It's something that happens for political reasons as well. His loneliness was so much to do with homophobia, with the fear of people with AIDS and Close to the knives is really this, um it's a book full of rage and passion. It's such an extraordinary document of the 80s in New York and it really speaks to the present moment as well. It's about what it feels like to be alone, but it's also about how you can make connection with other people and I really everyone should go out and buy a copy right now. Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. On February the 1st at
1: Peel Centenary Centre, piano and saxophone duo Alan Barnes and Dave Newton will be performing with support from Blue Vannin. Tickets are available via all the usual outlets. Here they are playing I'll Close My Eyes. And Alan Barnes and Dave Newton will be performing on the 1st of February at Peel Centenary Centre. That's all we've got time for this week, but I'll be back next Wednesday with more creative news from around the island. Have a lovely creative week. Slend you.